What's up, humans? Welcome to the Daily Science Report. This is an emergency uh, report on abortion science. Just going to go over some interesting uh, science facts surrounding abortion, and I'm going to try ahead. I'm going to try to pull these facts up on another screen so I can keep your comments in view in case you'll have any questions or any specific facts or topics you'd like me to highlight. Uh, for example, and it's a little off topic, but the Southern Baptist sex scandal just happened. Over 700 victims of young children were found abused and raped within the Southern Baptist Church. So that's an important thing to keep in mind during this entire fiasco. And so without further ado, I'm going to start with some of these topics um, that I have pulled up here as I pull it up in another screen. So looks like uh, the official abortion rate declined in Texas after a law restricted, restricted access to abortion. It's one of the facts we're going to be getting into. Study seeks to answer whether effects of abortion pill can be reversed. Women should have right to reject pregnancy, experts say, according to legal experts. Um, so we're going to get into all of these articles in just a second. I'm going to pull it up on another screen. Okay. Nearly there. Okay. About to pull up a whole plethora of abortion science facts for you guys. And we'll see what comes up. Okay. So prescribing the abortion pill without restrictions is safe and effective. A study seeks to answer whether effects of abortion pill can be reversed. We talked about that one. Studies detail current future obstacles to abortion care. Uh, COVID-19 affects adolescent and young adults' sexual and reproductive health. That's a separate thing. Uh, miscarriage can be linked to an increased risk of early death. Um, so let's see, which one are we going to get into? There's one about Texas I specifically wanted to read. Let's see if I can find this about the laws in Texas. And if you guys have any questions or comments, anything you'd like me to dive into particularly, um, feel free to drop them. I'd like to mention that uh, this ban on abortion also is likely to increase the rates of domestic violence and incest and rape cases, because instead of just being able to get an abortion at a clinic down the street, they would have to fly someone out of a state which is not as conspicuous or more conspicuous. So it could potentially lead to some more domestic violence cases where someone might try to murder a pregnant woman instead of uh, facing the social ramifications of what happened. So it's just a really nasty, dirty situation we have ourselves in. Um, so here, here's the article. Uh, official abortion rate declined in Texas after law restricted access to clinics. It's from the University of California in San Francisco. And in Texas, uh, increases in travel distance to nearest abortion clinic caused by clinic closures were closely associated with decreases in the official number of abortions. New research from the Texas Policy Edu uh, Evaluation Project exploring the impact of House Bill 2, HB 2, the restrictive Texas abortion law that was struck down by the Supreme Court until recently, uh, found that increases in travel distance to the nearest abortion clinic caused by clinic closures were closely associated with decreases in the official number of abortions. 
The study published online in the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA, found that counties where the distance to the nearest facility increased 100 miles or more saw 50% decline in abortions. Meanwhile, uh, counties that did not have an abortion provider in 2014 and did not experience a change in distance to the nearest facility is essentially no change in the number of abortions. The study uh, gave further insight into the ways that clinic closures due to Texas's restrictive law resulted in an undue burden on women seeking access to abortion care in Texas. That was Dr. Daniel Grossman. He's an investigator with... uh, TXPEP and director of advancing new standards in the reproductive health um, at at, at San Francisco. Uh, And he says that it corroborates the findings of our previous qualitative research where we heard from women that the long distances to the nearest clinic created significant financial and logistical barriers to care. So while it may seem intuitive that increasing distance to a facility providing abortions limits access this is the first study to rigorously demonstrate this association. The professor, John Potter, that was him, quoting him there. Um, the researchers noted that there was a 27% increase in second trimester abortion between 2013 and 2014, according to the official state, to, state to statistics. In the future, we hope to explore whether these changes in distance were also associated with obtaining abortion later in pregnancy, which carries an increased risk of complications and is more expensive than an early abortion. Um, between 2013, when HB2 was introduced in the Texas legislature and June 2016, the number of facilities providing abortion in Texas dropped from 41 to 17. According to statistics published by the Texas Department of State Health Services, there is an 18.5% decline in abortions performed on Texas residents between 2012 and 14. The official statistics do not include data on women who decided to self-induce their abortion or those who have traveled to Mexico to obtain care. Only six out of 254 Texas counties still had an abortion provider in 2014. And the researchers examined these counties separately in the study. Uh, Residents of these counties accounted for the majority of abortions and experienced a 15.9% decline between 2012 and 2014. In these uh, metropolitan areas, the change in distance to the nearest facility was small, but there was still significant significant declines in abortion. Uh, They suspect that decreases were related to more related more to the limited capacity at the remaining abortion clinics rather than the distri- the distant change distance changes uh, in june 2016 the supreme court ruled the whole women's health v heller state that two provisions of hb2 were unconstitutional because there was no evidence of any health benefit derived from the law but this substantial evidence of negative effects on women's access to care um but substantial evidence of negative effects on women's access to care. Uh, anyway, TXPEP research documenting the impact of HB2 on abortion statistics in the state was cited in the court's ruling. And that was some information from the University of California, San Francisco. So shouts out to California for looking out for Texas. I don't y'all can California, my Texas any day. I appreciate all the hard science going on on behalf of women from California. Um, 
as a Texan myself, uh, I can say that abortion was the only reason I voted for Joe Biden instead of a Green Party candidate in the last election. So this is all making me feel pretty dumb right now. And a study seeks to answer whether effects of abortion pill can be reversed. Women should have the right to reject pregnancy experts. So let's see what this article says. Laws should not force women to risk death and injury by having a baby, according to a legal academic in Australia who says abortion can be decriminalized without uh, society and governments making a moral judgment. Um, This is from the Queensland University of Technology in Australia. And so law, uh, let's see here. Uh, Anyway, go straight into the article here. Laws should not force women to risk death, injury, and by having a baby, according to a QUT legal academic who has, who says abortion can be decriminalized without society and governments making a moral judgment. So Dr. Andrew McGee, a researcher in medical law and ethics at the QUT Law School, said there were two major grounds for decriminalization, women's right to reject the health risk of pregnancy and the stalemate regarding abortion's moral acceptability. Abortion is a crime for women and doctors in Queensland, but a law reform commission review is underway into modernizing the state's laws relating to the termination of pregnancy. Overseas, Ireland is set to vote on an abortion referendum on May 25th. And a new paper published in the Australian New Zealand Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Obstetrics and Gynecology. Dr. McGee and his co-authors, Dr. Melaine Jansen and Dr. Shally Sheldon, argue that despite decades of debate, advocates and opponents of abortion have been unable to demonstrate conclusively that either side's view is false or agree on when life starts. They believe that this impasse means morality should be taken care or morality should be taken out of the equation with lawmakers instead recognizing that pregnancy is a risk for any woman and that women should have the legal right to reject that risk. Um, fantastic point. I'm just going to adjust my brightness here. Okay. And so because there's an ongoing absence of political and popular consensus about the issue in our society, we believe the law should adopt a minimalist, morally neutral position by not imposing criminal sanctions for abortion. Uh, that was the authors of the ANZJOG paper. And they go on to say, we emphasize that to accept an abortion, to accept that abortion should be decriminalized for this reason is not to adopt the view that abortion is morally acceptable, but rather to recognize that there is no basis for the law to criminalize abortion as an act which has not conclusively been demonstrated to be morally unacceptable. The researchers say that moral debates often neglect the risk to life and significant permanent changes and injury to the body from pregnancy. Um, They argue that a woman should not be compelled to take these risks by laws prohibiting abortion when no conclusive argument exists against the morality of abortion. The actual physical delivery of a baby in childbirth is not a simple process by which the child seamlessly slides into existence outside the womb. On the contrary, childbirth is dramatic, risky, and sometimes traumatic both physically and mentally for the mother. In addition, these risks are... Others, these risks are others such as the risks associated with induced labor, spinal and or epidural anesthetic, 
and cesarean section. We believe that there's a meaningful sense in which a woman is putting her life and health at risk in delivering a baby. Although the risk of occurring is small in, f- in first, although the risk of death occurring is small in first, world jurisdictions, the risk is not zero. Uh, if a woman does not want to proceed with a pregnancy, it is reasonable for the woman to cite risks such as these, even if statistically the risk is low. So that's pretty cool. A lot of really good points in that article. Shouts out to Australia. Gotta appreciate Australians for being cool sometimes. Apparently just don't want to work for them, according to Australians. Uh, new report exams inside the okay. quality. Let's see what this says. Okay, a new report examines uh, scientific evidence on safety and quality of abortion care in the U.S. So I guess what we had was probably not the best anyway. But while legal abortions in the U.S. are safe, the likelihood that women will receive the type of abortion services that best meet their needs varies considerably depending on where they live. Um, So... Wow. Let's go ahead and dive into this. While legal abortions in the U.S. are safe, the likelihood that women will receive the type of abortion services that are best met their needs, that, that best meet their needs, it varies consider, considerably depending on where they live. And this is according to a new report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine. In addition, the report notes the vast majority of abortions can be provided safely in office-based settings. The committee that wrote the report examined the scientific evidence on the safety and quality of the four abortion methods used in the U.S., uh, medication, aspiration, dilation, and evacuation, um, and also uh, in- induction. It assessed the quality of care based on whether it's safe, effective, uh, patient-centered, timely, efficient, and equitable according to well-established standards. Most abortions in the U.S. are performed early in pregnancy. In 2014, 90% occurred by 12 weeks of gestation. Uh, Medication and aspiration abortions are the most common methods and together account for about 90% of all abortions. Serious complications from abortion are rare, regardless of the method and safety and quality are enhanced when the abortion is performed as early in the pregnancy as possible. Um, abortion specific regulations in many states create barriers to safe and effective care. These regulations may prohibit qualified providers from performing abortions, misinform women of the risks of procedures they are considering or require medically unnecessary services and delay care. The report says examples of these re- These policies include mandatory waiting periods, pre-abortion ultrasound, and separate in-person counseling visits. Some states require abortion providers to provide women with written or verbal information suggesting that abortion increases a woman's risk for breast cancer or mental illness despite the lack of valid scientific evidence in increased risk. In 2014, there were 17% fewer abortion clinics than in 2011, and 39% of women of reproductive age resided in a county without an abortion provider. In 2017, 25 states had five or fewer abortion clinics, and five states had only one abortion clinic. In addition, addition, approximately 17% of women travel more than 50 miles to obtain an abortion. The vast majority of abortions can be provided safely in office-based settings. In 2014, 95% of abortions were provided in clinics other than clinics and other office-based settings. 
for any outpatient procedure, including abortion, the important safeguards are whether the facility has an appropriate equipment, personnel, and emergency transfer plan to address complications that might occur. The committee found no evidence indicating the clinicians who perform abortions require hospital privileges to ensure a safe outcome for the patient. No special equipment or emergency arrangements are required for medication abortions. For other abortion methods, the minimum facility uh, characteristics depend on the level of sedation used. The report says if moderate sedation is used, the facility could have equipment to monitor oxygen saturation, heart rate, and blood pressure, as well as have an emergency resuscitation equipment and emergency transfer plan. The deeper sedation requires equipment to monitor ventilation. The committee committee also reviewed the evidence on what clinical skills are necessary for healthcare providers to safely perform various components of abortion care, including pregnancy determination, uh, counseling, uh, gestational age assessment, medication dispensing, procedure performance, patient monitoring, and follow-up assessment and care. It concluded that trained physicians such as an OBGYN and family medicine physician, as well as advanced uh, advanced practice clinicians, such as certified nurse midwives, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants can safely and effectively provide medical uh, medication and aspiration abortions. Physicians with appropriate training and sufficient experience to maintain requisite surgical skills can provide DNE abortions. Clinic, uh, clinicians with training in managing labor and delivery can safely and effectively provide induction abortions. In its review of abortions, potential long-term health effects committee examined the evidence on future childbearing and pregnancy risk of breast cancer, mental health effects. It found that having an abortion does not increase a woman's risk of secondary infertility, pregnancy-related hypertensive disorders, uh, preterm birth, breast cancer, or mental health disorders such as depression, anxiety, or post-traumatic stress disorder. The risk of a very preterm first birth appears to be associated with a number of prior abortions. For example, increased risk of a first birth earlier than 28 weeks of gestation was found to be associated with having two or more aspiration abortions compared with the first birth of a woman with no history of prior abortion. Uh, 19 states require a physician to be physically present to provide a Mifepristone, the only medica- the only medication specifically approved by the FDA for use in medication abortions, and 17 states require medication abortions to be performed in a facility which attributes a facility with attributes of an ambulatory surgical a surgery center or hospital. There is no evidence that these practices improve safety or quality of care. The report says how the limited distribution of mif peristone affects the quality of abortion care merits uh, further investigation. Access to clinical education and training in abortion care in the U.S. is highly variable at both the undergraduate and graduate levels. Uh, Medical residents and other advanced clinical uh, trainees often have to find abortion training and experience in settings outside of their educational program. In addition, training opportunities are particularly limited in southern and midwestern states, as well as in rural areas throughout the country. Uh, The committee also looked at trends in abortion care between 1980 and 2014. The abortion rate in the U.S. decreased by more than half from estimated 29 to 15 per thousand women of reproductive age. The reason for this decline is not fully understood, but it has been attributed to the increasing use of contraceptives, especially long-acting long-acting methods such as 
intraurine devices. Uh, intraurine devices, yeah. His, historic declines in the rate of unintended pregnancy and increasing numbers of state regulations that limit the availability of otherwise legal abortion studies services. Uh, the study was sponsored by the Grove Foundation and yada yada. Um, I'd like to go into something called Vassal Gel. I'd like to look into the availability of this um, and what is going on there. I'm going to see if uh, I can find an article on it. And we'll kind of go into the science of Vassal Gel and how it works and how men can be utilizing this as opposed to a vasectomy. It's a slightly less invasive uh, chemical kind of uh, technological vasectomy. So let's see what we have in the forms of Vassal Gel. Vassal gel injection. Okay. Looks like I'm not finding many articles on this. I'll try um, try it as one word and see if we have any luck. Male contraceptive. <laughs> here we go. Male contraceptive gel in monkeys shows potential as an alternative to vasectomy. This was published in February 7th, uh, 2017 uh, by Biomed Central. And a contraceptive gel has provided long-term reliable contraception in male rhesus monkeys, according to research published in the Open Access Journal, Basic and Clinical Andrology. The, proje- the product called Vassal Gel, which was uh, trialed in rabbits in 2016, has the potential to be reversible, a reversible alternative to vasectomy. Uh, Vassal gel is a non-pharmaceutical agent that forms a non-toxic hydrogel when injected into the vas deferens, the duct which conveys sperm from the testicle to the urethra. The gel fills the internal cavity of the vas deferens, forming a mechanical barrier to the movement of sperm. This method of contraception could one day be a viable alternative to vasectomy, and in this study was able to prevent any uh, conceptions during uh, occurring in a test group of 16 rhesus monkeys. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm sorry. It was able to prevent any conceptions occurring in a test group of 16 rhesus monkeys. So Dr. Catherine Van Voort, lead author from the California National Primate Research Center, said our research shows that vassal gel placement into the vast deferens produces reliable contraception in mature male rhesus monkeys as shown by the lack of pregnancies in reproductively viable females with which the males were housed. Importantly, we show the method of vassal gel placement is safe and produced fewer complications than usually occur with a vasectomy. Dr. Von Voort added that vassal gel shows real promise as an alternative to vasectomy because research in rabbits has previously shown the product to be reversible. Although it's possible to reverse a vasectomy, it's technically challenging. It's a technically challenging procedure, and patients often have a very low rate of fertility following the reversal. Uh, the researchers selected 16 adult male monkeys for surgery that involved the injection of vassal gel into the vas deferens. The monkeys were then monitored closely for seven days for healthy recovery before being introduced back into their normal group housing. This consisted of large outdoor enclosures containing between 10 to 30 monkeys that included a male, that included male and female infants, juveniles, and adults. Each group had between one and three males that had been administered vassal gel. The males were housed in their appropriate groups for at least one breeding season, approximately six months, and the authors report that no conceptions occurred. 
the expected pregnancy rate for sexually mature females in similar housing is approximately 80% per breeding season, according to the researchers. So one monkey out of the 16 that received vassal gels showed signs of sperm granuloma, which is a hard buildup of sperm in the vas deferens as a result of the injection. This is a common complication following a vasectomy occurring in around 60% of cases in humans, according to the researchers. Oh my God. A discomfort or serious side effects uh, caused by sperm granuloma are rare following a vasectomy. Researchers also state that the typical rate of sperm granuloma in male rhesus monkeys that have undergone vasectomy is around 15%. The researchers say that future research should investigate the reversibility of vassal gel placement in rhesus monkeys so that it can be moved forward as a potential alternative option to vasectomy in human males. So really crossing my fingers that we can get this research done on vassal gel and make this uh, available in the market. Of course, this is an old article. We'll see what happens. Um, this is one from 2016, from 2017. Ha. Here we go. Okay, we have a new article, New Compound for Male Contraceptive Pill. This is from March 3rd, 2021 from the Lundquist Institute. A new article spells out an innovative strategy that has led to the discovery of a natural compound as a safe, effective, and reversible male contraceptive agent in preclinical animal models. Despite tremendous efforts over the past decades, the progress in developing non-hormonal male contraceptives has been very limited. A new paper published by Nature Communications, the Lundquist Institute, investigator Wei Yun and his research colleagues spell out an innovative strategy that has led to the discovery of a natural compound as safe, effective, and reversible um, as a safe, effective, and reversible male contraceptive agent in preclinical animal models. Despite tremendous efforts over the past decades, progress in developing non-hormonal male contraceptives has been very limited. And... The compound is triptonide. Really? Triptonide? Okay. Triptonide, which can be either purified from a Chinese herb called tryptergium, oh, will for D, hook F, or produced through chemical synthesis. Uh, okay, so it's an herb called tryptergium, will for D, hook F. <laughs> And they can also synthesize that, which is cool. And single, single daily oral doses of uh, tryptonide-induced altered sperm having minimal or no forward mo motility with close to 100% uh, penetrance and consequently male infertility in three to four and five to six weeks. Once the treatment is stopped, the males become fertile again in four to six weeks and can produce healthy offspring. No discernible toxic effects were detected in either short or long-term tryptonide treatment. All of their data suggests that tryptonide is a highly promising non-hormonal male contraceptive agent for men because it appears to meet all of the criteria for, for a viable contraceptive drug candidate, including bioavailability, uh, efficacy, reversibility, and safety. A battery of biochemical analysis suggests that a tryptonide targets one of the last steps during sperm assembly, leading to the production of altered sperm without vigorous motility required for fertilization. Thanks to decades, uh, we have one question here. I'm going to pause and take this question. You see, how can she say that is that 
is representative. I guess you must be in referencing the monkeys, the 30 monkeys. Well, you know, it's just one study, so it's better than something else. And I will go back and provide some web links um, at the end of this in the show notes. Um, I apologize for not doing that immediately. Um, I'm going to kind of reformat the way I structure this show um, after this. Um, it's kind of my second time hosting. I apologize for the hiccups. But back to the article about male contraceptive. This is an, a non-hormonal male contraceptive we're talking about. And it, it is derived from a plant. So I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on that. And thanks to decades of basic research, which inspired us to develop the idea that a compound that targets a protein critical for the last several steps of sperm assembly would lead to production of non-functional sperm without causing severe depletion of testicular cells. Uh, we are very excited that new data worked, the new idea worked, and this uh, compound appears to be an ideal male contraceptive. Our results using non-injurious studies on lower primates suggest tryptonide will be an effective treatment for human males as well. Hopefully, we will be able to start human clinical trials soon to make the non-hormonal male contraceptive a reality. Dr. Yan's discovery represents a major leap forward in the field. Uh, Dr. Christina Wang and Ronald Sirboff were also principal investigators. Okay, we're basically just giving some bona fides and some accolades here at the end. And the journal and reference uh, materials were provided by the Lundquist Institute here. And this journal is titled, Tryptonide is a reversible non-hormonal male contraceptive agent in mice and non-human primates. So let me see if I can just, nature, new compound for male contraceptive pill. I'm going to try to get you guys an article for this one at least. Um, let's see. I apologize for the wait. I just want to make sure I get you guys this article um, so we can stay nice and sourced. I appreciate that as well. If anyone can ever provide sources for anything they're talking about, that's always great. So here's an article from Nature Communications, and I'm going to go ahead and post this article for you guys in the comments right now. And does anyone have any questions or any areas y'all would like me to explore? I think I, may, I might have time for one more, or I'm just going to sign off, and I might go back and provide some more sources. So boom, just drop that link for you guys in the comments. This is a link to the new compound for male contraceptive. Uh, this article spells out an innovative strategy that has led to the discovery of a natural compound as safe, effective, and reversible uh, male contraceptive agent in preclinical animal models. Despite tremendous efforts over the past decades, the progress in developing non-hormonal male contraceptives has been very limited. So this is a major win for men and women. Um, and let's see what we have here. Again, that plant that we're talking about is Tryptergium, Tryptergium will for D hook F. I'm going to have to, um, just, uh, <laughs> type that in there for you guys, I guess. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, you know, if I can copy and paste it. Okay. Tryptonide. I'm just going to type in tryptonide for you guys. That way we can just keep it easy. It's called, Oh, dear Lord, I have fat thumbs. I'm sorry, guys. Tryptonide. That's how you spell it. 
uh, T-R-I-P-T-O-N-I-D-E, if anyone wants to look it up. comes from the Tryptergium Will 40 plant. And if anyone knows where to get seeds or a cutting from that, holler at me. I'm, in, I'm a community gardener myself. I think that's a pretty cool story. So that's something I just learned myself. I had no idea that this thing existed until I made this show. So I hope you guys were all able to learn something as well. Um, if anyone has any questions, I'm about to log off. Any questions, comments, feel free to call in. Angie, if you would like to make a podcast, I'm sorry we keep missing each other, but uh, I'm going to go run a few errands, and then maybe later tonight we can make a bullshit episode. I'm going to go ahead and take Blotty's call real quick, see what Blotty has to say about all this new science. Go ahead, Blotty. I think that all this new science is good. I mean, now, especially with the ruling yesterday. And yeah. uh, the whole thing is, you know, what it's going to come down to is going to make people more sensible, cautious, and uh, and more responsible. If they don't want to get pregnant, especially, obviously, it's this woman that gets pregnant, there has to be alternatives. And they have to be sure of themselves. Because to really say, my body, my choice, means you're in control. And if you're truly in control of yourself, that means as an adult, you take care of yourself not to get pregnant. For the male, there's going to be those gels. It takes two to tango, too. So I'm, I'm, exactly, I'm exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But, but both, both have to take their part, and both male has to take, like you mentioned, some of the gels and pills and all that. But at the same time, I, I was hoping Angie would have spoken, because I, I love to hear a lot. And she had something about uh, something called black cohosh, black cohosh uh, herbal tea. And mm-hmm. it threw me off, because I knew about black cohosh, but I, I didn't know exactly that it was used for uh, after the woman has gotten inseminated and she doesn't want to have a child. So it's a, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's exactly it's an abortive fashion, but it's an herb to prevent pregnancy. So people are going to have to look at herbal and treatment. Do you know of any it. side effects for this tea? Are there any like negative toxic side effects? No, this tea? you know what, Brady, I will ask That's you to cool. please do the homework and yeah. look up, look it up. I do not know enough other black than what Angie told me, but I do believe her because I do. It's a uh, black and then Kohosh, C-O-H-O-S-H. There's cool. also blue cohosh, the family of blue cohosh. Nice. I don't know if they're in the same family, but the black cohosh, according to what uh, Angie shared in another show, is supposed Ooh. to work for this. So what I would say, tell people, is uh, buckle up, get your shit ready, and smarten up, and, and you know, put your gir- big girl and big boy pants on, and start taking care of yourself. Since, since obviously, in most states, there's not going to be a, a, a you know, a abortion machine and the right for abortion. So get up there and take care of yourself. That's all I can tell you. I know people are going to start ha- stop having sex. That's the bottom line. So they have to take yep. another measure, a more proactive measure, and take definitely care of Definitely shot our sex lives straight in the dick on this one. Exactly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. This, this will make you think twice about not getting blue balls. <laughs> I'll, I'll well, let you be, man. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you calling in, man, and uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, these are two plants that I was not familiar with until today, so very excited to learn about two new plants. I just got a new plant today. I got a blue turmeric today. It is my new favorite plant. I named him Bloomer, um, and uh, yeah, very excited to get my hands on some of these contraceptive plants, and especially the ones that are safe and uh, easy to use. I think that's a pretty cool protest method to have a little um, contraceptive garden. Um, and if anyone has any questions about gardening, you can do a podcast on that anytime. Um, guaranteed, we got a, a gardening podcast coming up. So um, if anyone has any questions or um, 
areas you'd like me to explore, um, you can leave a message now or later and I'll get to it at some point in time. I'm going to go ahead and end the room for now. Sorry, these aren't so long, but, uh, I only have so much time right now. And, uh, I do plan on making another podcast later this night on, uh, the, the D bullshit podcast, maybe with Angie, if we have some time. So looking forward to that. And I appreciate you guys popping in and I hope everyone learns something. I know I did. So you guys take care. Stay wise.